I hate my name, Jeffrey. Isn't that so? Anybody, any other Jeffreys here? Clap for Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a total Jeff, huh? Yeah. I'm kidding, man. Do you go by Jeff or Jeffrey? Uh, depends. My mother's asked me it's Jeffrey. Hey, my mom always calls me Jeffrey, too. But now with the whole Dahmer and Epstein and... <laughs> I'm like, man, just, let's go Jeff, Mama Bear. We got Goldblum, you know what I mean? Like, but there's no good Jeffreys. Jim, James, Tim, what's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord show? Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hey, 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 hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. All right, right. There are some good Jeffreys out there, just so you know. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. It's a new episode of the Funky Town Podcast for the brand new year of 2024. The year of the dragon. And so, um, just let you know at the beginning of the show that little comedy bit was done by a dude named Jeff Akuri. He's one of my new favorite um, comics. He's great. He's on Facebook. You can look him up on Reels and stuff like that. He's really funny. Jeff A C U R I, I think. Maybe A R C U. I think it's A C U R I. Jeff Akuri. Anyway, super funny stuff. Um, so, this is actually a redo of the intro. I did it. This is Monday morning. Getting ready to go to work here in a little bit. And last night I did the show with Joe Savage. Um, really excited to have Joe on. We have the first of every year, the first podcast of the year. Kicks everything off, gets us in the right mood and the right mindset. Love having Joe on. And so this year was no different. Called him last night and talked to him. When I was talking to him, I was telling him, yeah, man, the first song we're going to do is a Hello to the Light. He was like, yeah, you did that last year. And as soon as I said that, I was like, man, I did do that last year. I completely forgot. I knew that it sounded familiar. I don't know, man. It was, it's off his new album, you know. And so I didn't realize that that was a song that I played last year. But after sleeping on it and everything, I was like, man, I don't want to play a song that I played last year. So if you want to hear Hello to the Light, which is a great song, so great that I almost played it twice in a row, you can find it last year. You can also go to Apple, Spotify, Bandcamp, look for his new record, Disappearing Blues. Last track is Welcome to the Light. So if you want to know what you're missing this morning. But instead, what we're going to do is we're going to play uh, the opening track off of Deer's Disappearing Blues. And it is called um, Leave Me Alone, which I think is a good angsty mantra for 2024. It's Leave Me Alone. So it's cool, man. It's a To me, it's a different sound than what I'm used to hearing from Joe Savage. Um, when this album when I first hit play and it started off with these guitars and stuff, I was like, oh, this kind of feels like a little more, a little bit more of a rock and roll song than a country and western song. It had a little bit more of that, you know, rock to it or whatever. And I like it. First couple songs are that way. And, and then throughout the record, it kind of comes back here and there. And so we talk about that and why it is that way coming up in the interview. So anyways, hope everybody had a good New Year's. Mine was fine. You know, we didn't really do anything. We just kind of stayed home. But hope you have your resolutions ready for the new year, and hope you're doing well. And I hope you're ready to start off another year of Funky Town podcast, podcasting, whatever we're doing over here. We're doing it, and so we got another year going. 
But I want you guys to get ready and uh, get in the right mindset for Joe Savage and let's uh, get on with the show, listen to some of his music, and, and talk to him. It's always great to talk to Joe. He's very open, very candid, and uh, it really is just a conversation between two friends. You know, it's really what it felt like, and uh, I appreciate Joe for that. He's a good dude, and uh, he writes great tunes, and um, I really enjoy talking to him every year. So, the opening track off of Disappearing Disappearing Blues is called Leave Me Alone, and that's what we're going to start off with. So, check it out, and I will be back in just a few, and we'll kick it off with a Joe Savage. It's New Year. All right. See you soon. and subjects but I know you're creeping around It's two towns over but you don't make contacts till I know you're making me rounds Looking for evidence to support your case just so you can say I'm still a clown So just leave me alone Hey, Joe Savage. What's going on, Jeffrey? 
How are you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Did you have a good New Year? Yeah, it was all right. We didn't do anything. We just stayed at home. Yeah. Kind of kept it chill. Yeah, same here. I played a little gig, little hotel lobby gig. Oh, did you? Yeah, down at the A-Loft. It was pretty chill. So, Were you playing at, at midnight? I stopped right at midnight, yeah. Okay, so you don't play, I never know how to say it, Old Lang Syne or whatever? <laughs> they had a champagne toast. I don't even know if Old Lang Syne would go over it very well. Maybe it probably would. They weren't drunk enough, though, I don't think. Wasn't that what you're supposed to play on, on New Year's at, at at midnight? I guess you are. I guess I've never done it, though. Oh, yeah. You should learn that song. Just I, after... <laughs> I need to learn that. That'll be my resolution. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I started... Um, I don't have... Um, any resolutions, but just before the new year, um, I guess about four or five weeks ago, I started taking guitar lessons from Denver. Oh, badass, man. Yeah, so that'll be kind of like my resolution for the, for, the, for the new year is to, I mean, I know how to play, but I just, um, I mean, I said this a few a few weeks ago, I, I, I was talking to me about playing the guitar. It's like, I always wanted to use the guitar as a tool to get my to get my lyrics across, you know? And so I just knew how to write, play cowboy chords, just your regular open chords, and you could put three together and, you know, write a song or whatever. But <clears throat> now I want to play the guitar, you know what I mean? Like, really play it, really understand what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And so, and he's good at that. He, he knows he knows all, all that all that theory stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a good journey. I mean, if you can get in the habit of playing regularly, I mean... I'm lucky that I get paid to play regularly, so it keeps me fresh. Mm -hmm. But just playing regularly, kind of the craft takes over. You know, you just start to learn more and more. I feel like it can be a lifelong journey that you know brings me a lot of joy, and I think it will continue. I think I have a lot of growing myself to do, and uh, you know, different lessons to learn through the guitar. So I'm excited for you to embark seriously on that journey. Yeah. I've I've played forever, but there's you know times where I'll just put it put it in the closet and won't play for you know, or it could be hanging on the wall and I see it every day, but I just won't even touch it for you know months. And, I don't you trust know. me. I know about that. I mean, I got I, I, sometimes I don't take my guitar out of the case at home for weeks. You know, I just take it out when I get to the gig. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, but it's also because it. I I think it's your job. I think that would you know. Maybe it's not so much fun as it used to be just sitting at home on the couch playing because you're so used to playing because you have to play so much. So you're like, I don't want to play. I just don't want to play. You know, I don't want to work. Yeah, yeah you, get your feel, you get your feel of it. Yeah, But I mean, playing, playing it at all is great. That's what I mean. So like, you get, I mean, I'm getting three hours a day sometimes. So it's still quite a bit of playing. And uh, yeah, I love it, man. It's great. Yeah, and I think yeah. one way... Um, to get better is, is to learn other people's music and so when you're playing three hours a day you're not playing i bet you have three hours worth of music of your own but you're not playing yeah. three hours of your own music you're mixing in the hits or whatever the popular absolutely yeah i've learned so many songs man i got i've got that ultimate guitar oh the app um yeah got that i pay the yearly it's like 39 bucks a year mm-hmm. and it's great you got official you know you got official tabs that I guess their in-house staff do, and uh, then you got um, 
chord charts, you know, and you also have thousands of submitted and uploaded um, chords from different users and stuff, you know. So I've, I've got like a playlist in there of like 500 songs. I probably know at least probably 350 mm-hmm. of them, you know. I probably cool. got, I could probably keep like 100 in my head at a time, you know. And then, but I always have my iPad the last few years with me. And uh, it's made a big difference overall in my ability to play guitar and, and uh, take chances on chords that I used to be scared of and stuff like that. Yeah. So now I, yeah. I think so. I I think having um, the iPad with any type of way of keeping your music organized, you can bring up chords and lyrics and all all that kind of stuff. I think that's made so much of a change um, for bands and stuff. You know. Because oh, yeah. I mean, used I mean, to if you were doing, you would you would have to have like your stand, but you had like your notebook. Yeah, full I played of, like that. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning, yeah, you got your notebook. <laughs> just you're just turning pages. One, no, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And some people used to frown on that a lot more. You know, it's like that fucking guy's got his notebook. You know, or you know, he's got a music stand. Uh, can't even memorize his own set, his own songs. You know, but now it's the iPad makes it a little bit more inconspicuous. Yeah. So sometimes they don't even realize that you're reading, you're reading a song on there, you know. Because they got the little clips and stuff, so you can clip onto your mic stand where the iPad's really out of the way. Yeah, I've seen that. that, that I think that, I think that's cool. Apple's always been yeah, really good great. for that kind of stuff. Yeah, tab- tablets too, you know, and then and then you can also it's all Bluetooth, so you know you can control your whole sound system right there also from your mic stand on your ipad you know if you're running like x32 air or whatever which is pretty popular pretty simple but it's all wireless and so you can have a whole pa you know and then your board is just your your ipad or your tablet wow that's cool isn't that crazy yeah yeah so just before not just before i guess was it november or so you released um disappearing blues yeah yep 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 happy i did that finally yeah man it's a good one. When I first heard it, um, the first couple of songs, or the yeah, the first time I heard it, the first couple of songs, um, I was like, oh, this is, it, it, it was just, it seemed different than what you normally do. Kind of had, um, I mean, a little bit of rock and roll to it. it. Not that it wasn't, you know, Americani or Rootsy or whatever, but it, I don't know, there was just something a little bit different to it. And then like the third song, you know, it kind of got back into some, some more of, of, of the country, but throughout the album it kind of kept coming back to where there was like just like some special effects on your vocals which made it look a little more psychedelic or something that was just a little kind of more rock and roll yeah. to me yeah thanks for noticing that yeah for sure i thought so too um and you did it down um with taylor yeah i did it with taylor and we wrote uh pretty much wrote all this together you know so that was one that was a that was, that was an album that just Taylor and I did. Um, he played all the instruments except the drums. And so, and then John Stevens wrote a couple of those songs with us too. Mm-hmm. So those guys influenced, I mean, probably definitely took it out of the, which out of the straight, like Americana country, which I, you know, I like, you know, I never, never planned on being just a straight like country guy or anything like that, you know? Yeah, no, I, there's that, you know, it's that way with like, you know, rock music as well, where you can go into like kind of a psychedelic album or go into a blues album or go into, you know, these different styles of rock and roll. There's a different styles of, you know, country, roots rock, you know, Americana, you know, there's, there's country and Western, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, it really is like Western music that's that's different than country music, you know? Yeah, I'd say that album's pretty Western-y, but it also, yeah, it has some, like, you know, pop or rock or alternative kind of feel to it, you know? Um, especially, yeah, those first two songs, like you said, Leave Me Alone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Food Fighter, he's maybe Food Fighter-esque, but like Chris Isaac, kind of. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely has like a rock feel. It's like, oh, okay, you know, it was a good opening song. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I really like that stuff, and I like the sound. And then the second one, uh, Nice Guy, you know, Taylor and I worked on that one uh, pretty extensively together. And I like all the instrumentation that he came up with, you know, giving him the reins to just do everything has been great so once i just lay down the guitar i went down there and some of those songs i had pretty much written but uh like i said the co-writes were there and then we cut them to the click track with just the guitar the acoustic guitar and then i sing the vocals and that when we did that we hashed out a lot of stuff and even uh, rewrote parts of the songs and and then hired the drummer chris mead you know he comes over from austin and uh he just lays down the drums and then it was in taylor's hands after that so it's great that Taylor was passionate about those songs and we got to work so closely together on this album. You know, it's the first one that uh, he had a part in writing the lyrics and the melodies and stuff also. So I think maybe he felt more involved and he's a rocker, you know? So, yeah. Well, that yeah. that explains why it had a little, you know, it had a different feel. You know, it still felt like your 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 album, but there was more to it. There was yeah, something different to it. Yeah, there was a different element yeah. to it. And that's what it was, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's cool. I'm glad that uh, that's coming through, you know. And I think I want to be way more versatile than, you know, it's such a, there's, there's been such a pressure to, you know, be a super country, uh, just being in the South, you know. But in the last few years, also, how many people have made it out, you know, uh, out of the local scene and into the national and maybe worldwide, you know, with that country image. So, and it's what restaurants want. They like it when you wear boots and a hat and stuff. Something I resisted, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I told you a couple of years ago, I got that Six Flags contract. You know, I got to play the Best of Texas Festival. It was like 27 days. It was an amazing contract, but they wanted me to wear cowboy boots and a hat. So I caved and bought cowboy boots and a hat, you know, and I wore it and did it for a couple of years. And yeah, it's great, you know. <clears throat> Definitely gets you into like Leroy, Texas and Malone, you know, and, uh, you know, Dublin, kind of some places that expect that. You know, you're sure. a little bit more accepted when you walk in. So there's a lot to it. It's a part of the culture down here, it, but it's not anything that I've ever wanted to like adhere to 100. You know, so I embrace the opportunity to make new songs like those <laughs> on the Disappear and Blues that you're talking about. Um, I think it's funny because I think the Fort the Fort Worth has a certain because um, I mean it's a it's a big city we pretend like it's not you know but it's a big city and the way a lot of people dress around here is still it's big city but it's also it has a lot of that 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 cowboy culture hats and boots you know vest and you know and i love it you know and so it's like you can dress you can dress like a cowboy or like a dime store cowboy i guess is what they used to call it you know and uh but um for some reason, it's the more chic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the rhinestone cowboy? Yeah, that's right. But no, there was a there was a. <laughs> that was funny. I came to the dime store cowboy. They got to rewrite that. You should. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I always thought that like a dime store cowboy was a guy who dressed like a cowboy, but he did. He lived in the city. He, you know, he doesn't. Yeah. And so, um, but and it's not quite like that. But it, but it's. 
it's kind of like that, but you can get away with, especially if you're a, a musician, you know, and you're and a lot of your songs are like grounded in like that that country sound, then you can get away with wearing boots and a hat, and you know, yeah. But you can also wear blue and jeans and a and a and a, like a local band rock shirt with your boots and hat, and it's totally fine. Oh yeah, I mean the one you know, I think uh, you know for me what I was doing a lot too is. Uh, playing all the outlaw songs, you know, like all the Merle Haggard mid nineties country and stuff like that. I still am, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was back yeah, when you, yeah. when you had your long hair, are you growing your hair out again or you still have the short hair? No, I still got the short hair, man. You know, I think I cut it. I think right around when we did our last talk, either right before or right after. I can't remember. Did much anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's been nice to have long hair throughout my thirties and early, you know, twenties and stuff. And, um, I'm having, I'm enjoying not people not talking about my hair but, to me. Yeah, well, I was gonna say too. It's like, I mean, living in Granbury and playing the the these small towns, you know, just seeing you walk around with long hair, people already have an impression of you know, they got an idea of who they think you are. Yeah, not only in those places, but everywhere, uh, in every every place. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, long hair. I I liked I liked the idea of being the long hair guy. You know. Uh, I like the '70s kind of idea of what long hair means, you know, like a anti-establishment, you know, kind of uh, against the man, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, hippie-ish or whatever. That's kind of what I like, but it's kind of lost its meaning. It's now, you know, that the popular meaning now to long hair is is more stylish and like sexy and, and oh uh, sure, you know. Yeah, so I don't know if I, oh, I like all that so much when people want to talk about my hair and touch it. And, you know, it's kind of like I grow my hair long so you leave me alone. <laughs> right, not not to attract you, but to push you away. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like the Mohawks. You know, I mean, Mohawks was a thing where it's like if you if you wore a, male, a Mohawk, you were a punk rocker, anarchist, you know, anti-establishment. Yeah. And, you know, and then it came to a time where it was just like, man, there's just little kids at school running around with Mohawks all over the place, you know. Yeah. All the fo- all the f- football players are now having mohawks and stuff, and it's you know to where that just it it, it lost its meaning. Yeah. Yeah. You, know. you know, I think plus I'm growing up a little bit. You know, maybe I'm uh, caving. You know, it's uh, getting older. I'm like, oh damn, I better conform now, or else because I'm gonna get old and uh, need a pension and somewhere to live. So. Yeah, you know, I think all that might be easier. It's tired of getting pulled over and things like that too. So yeah, no, the Those cops shorter hair and stuff. Yeah, no, because the cops will um, they'll see that long hair and be like, "All right, this guy's got weed on him. I'm pulling him over. I'm finding a reason. I'm looking in his car. You know, I mean, they just that's what they're going to think for sure. That's exactly what they think. You, you know, know. for a while there, I would put my hair up in my bun on the way home. You know, because I'm driving from. GFW back to Granberry, and I put my cowboy hat on, or mm-hmm. I put the cowboy hat up in the in the dash, so it had the big silhouette, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to to help the cause, you know, just to have a safe passage. There was a a, a clip of uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's driving, and I think he cuts off some bikers, and they're all yeah. they're all mad yeah. at him or whatever, and they're all ch- chasing after him. And for some reason, I don't know because I didn't see the whole show, but he had a a MAGA, a MAGA hat. hat. Yeah, and he, put, yeah, he puts it on, and they're all like, oh, okay, fine. He's, you know, like, <laughs> then he starts using it as a deterrent to get, yeah. people, to get people away from him. That's funny, man. Uh, um, the hat but, makes the man. Right? Yeah, right. You know, 
So, yeah, I mean, the cop pulls you over and you got a mustache and short hair and a cowboy hat, you know, they're going to treat you differently in Texas than, than if you're sitting over there with long hair and, you know. Oh, yeah. Your dirty T-shirt. Nice. and. Yeah. So. It's absolutely true. I mean, I've, li- I've lived it, you know, I think. And, and, you know, playing the game, playing playing the costume, you know, I've made more money than I ever have, you know, so there's that too, you know, I mean, at some point I really like playing music and I found a better compromise right now to like the look, things like that. I just like looking like a normal person, you know, I don't yeah. want to dress too, dress up too much, you know, um, if I were playing bigger stages, I might like consider, uh, a little bit better wardrobe or something, but dude, and I'm not I going would Man. as much anymore. You know? I'd so. wear the old school, 60s 70s nudie suits the big western <laughs> jackets and stuff you know Dude, yeah, yeah. i would totally be rhinestone cowboy i would man come out there all those I lights would be hitting me shining off my suit Bam, all these lights shining off me my big old guitar i would totally be oh. that way I, I, I don't know somebody needs to bring that yeah. back yeah i don't know what i'll do when people want to listen to me you know right now it's just kind of blending in and a lot of places are closing right now in this season last quarter has been kind of weird so blending in more and more and just being part of the staff and doing a good show you know it's more, been more of my focus not trying to stand out and look like you know look like i'm pretending to be something i'm not kind of just uh yeah so yeah no, I, but yeah i think it's buy a ticket, you know i may show up in nudie suit you know you never, yeah. <laughs> you never know well no <laughs> i always think it's an interesting um thought or you know a, a conversation for for different bands, because I think most bands in town, especially like your garage rock bands, you know, whatever that means, but they just, they show up and play in whatever they were wearing that day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they may, sure. you know, they may take some time and, you know, I have, you know, these certain shirts that I wear when, when, when I play, but they're not much different than what they would normally wear, you know. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. And I and the, I think that's fine. That's was that, That's the way it's been since... Th- of the nineties, whenever the grunge bands all came up there wearing shorts and flannels and that's what they've been wearing all day. And that's what they play on stage with, you know, but there used to be a time when people would dress up and go on stage, yeah. you know, yeah. you had your, you had your, 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 your regular clothes that you wore every day. But then when you went on stage, you had your special stage clothes. And I kind of missed that. I like that. I mean, there's still people that do it. There are different bands around town that'll wear jumpsuits, you know, that all kind of match or, um, oh, yeah. you know, different like that. So, I mean, it, it's not that it's not there at all. It's just it's not as big as it used to be, where people really dressed up whenever whenever they would get on stage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think uh, there's a little bit of that in the country. You know, dressing up a lot. You know, especially, but it's just part of our daily life now around mm-hmm. here. It's such a blessing to have music like it is. I think that. Yeah, it's kind of permeated all the music, not just not just rock music. It's like people just go in their daily clothes, you know. And uh, but yeah, I remember my stepdad used to tell me all the time. He's like, "You need to have your stage outfit and change." And if you got to change in the bathroom, then change in the bathroom. And yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think but, you have to, but I mean, you know, I I think I would. I, I think that's the way. I think that's the route I would go. You know, I think I would always dress a little nicer. Or a little more flashy, or a little more, you know, rock and roll, or a little more country, whatever it is, than I normally would yeah. when when, when yeah. on stage. But that's but that's me, you know. That's not most people, 
and uh, well, yeah, when I play ticketed shows, I'll probably do dress nicer. You know, I, I like to probably wear a suit or something, or a jacket. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. But for now, you know, I mean, I'm kind of just trying to. You're playing restaurants and things like that, and you yeah. know, I don't know if I'm going to walk in there wearing a new like suit. Kind of walk, yeah, walk, <laughs> walk in. You're low. You're huffing your own gear, setting up your own merch table, and you, you know, you're sweating your ass off in your nudie suit. Yeah, like, look at this guy. What does he think? And plus, it'd be like, who does this well, guy think he is? You know, and, yeah, exactly. and, and your name's Joe Savage, right? Oh, this guy's a savage. Okay, let's see. And if you're gonna do that, man, you better be good. You better be good. Yeah, you better be good. Well, and what I found is the smoother the better. Like the whole entry, carrying your gear in talking to the wait staff getting set up finding where to plug in like just everything that you can do the smoother and more incognito you can do it the better you know and that's really been a blessing to me because then the then they have less to judge you on except for what you're doing on stage and then you get a good report you know to the owner or the manager or the booking agent and that's what matters you know if you want to have consistent gigs unless you're getting some kind of notoriety or write-ups, you know, and record label looking at you or somebody with money wants to help you. So, like, yeah, coming in incognito is great. Just yeah. dress like everybody in there. And, uh, yeah. Now, I will tell you, man, that um, we went to go see – do you know who Wayne, Wayne Hancock is? Wayne the Train Hancock? Oh, yeah. We went – I yeah. always liked him. I'd never seen him before, and he was playing um, at the rec room. So this this how long ago that was. And okay. uh, well, as, as a matter of fact, Diana was pregnant with Zoe, so it's been at least oh, right. she's she, she's nineteen. So it's probably twenty years ago, man. That's crazy. But anyways, yeah. we get there and we're at the rec room, and there's maybe like fifteen pe- people there. There's not hardly anybody there, and um, we're sitting there, and, and uh, this guy comes out on stage, and he's tall, and he's got like the really cool Western shirt on, and just he just looks, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, I bet that's Wayne. You know, I was like, nope, that's the bass player. And then the this other guy comes out and he's all dressed all in it. And I'm like, I bet that's Wayne. I was like, nope, that's the drummer. <laughs> and this this short little guy walks out wearing like khakis and like a a Hawaiian shirt. And he picks up yeah. an acoustic guitar and starts playing. I'm like, Dad, go. That's Wayne Hancock. Never, I wouldn't have guessed it in a million. You know, it's just he did not look like anything like I, like I thought he was going to look. You know, and his band was all kind of dressed up in kind of a country thing, but he was just wearing. I mean, he was wearing like a red Hawaiian shirt. I was just like, that's so funny. And he was singing, you know, like, this is really great country stuff, you know. So you don't have to, you know, do anything as far as, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your music that's going to carry you there. It's not what you look like or what you dress like or anything. You know, it can help you maybe, but, you know, ultimately it's going to be the product that's coming off of you or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he had the thunderstorms and neon signs. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, mm-hmm. he just won, you know, and that's and that's his really that's his only big one. An Eighty-seven southbound San Antonio, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean. Once you get a hit, you can do whatever you want. You know, I mean, if people listen to your music and you can sell it, you can sell a seat. You know, then you can start thinking about all that other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there's an opportunity just to make a living doing music in North Texas. So I'm grateful for that. No, for sure. Now, so um, you do a lot of, like, these three-hour gigs that, um, you know, just all over the place, um, anywhere. But do you ever play any of the any of the shows, like the album release parties or anything, 
you know, like at the cicada or tulips or anything like that again? Or are you just sticking with your regular paying gigs that you have scheduled? Man, yeah. No, I used to do this stuff. I haven't uh-huh. done it. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for what to do with the, the music. So I don't really know where to do a release show. And, you know, I don't want to take the chance to, you know, like hurt any kind of like <laughs> bit of standing I might have as some as a as an act in town that's worth looking, you know, by trying to do an album release show and then having nobody show up, you mm-hmm. know, and uh so that's you know, until I I've, I've just kind of been thinking, until someone asked me to do something like that or until I have a hit, you know, like maybe a song with a few hundred thousand streams and some kind of attention, I just don't really see uh Unnecessary. See that it's necessary. You know, like I'm kind of aging out of the scene, and moving to Granberry's kind of limited my drinking time with everybody. So I don't know that I could hustle up, you know, hundred people to come to the post or come to Cicada. You know, mm-hmm. okay, no, that's an so honest last, answer. Yeah, yeah. Last time I did a ticket show, one one person came, and and it was at Mass. You know, and that was uh, when I got back from walking the Camino, and I think. Uh, I can't remember if it was right before COVID or right after, but yeah. So I was going to talk about the Camino and sing the songs, you know, sing the songs from the album and stuff. So that was kind of brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it's that way now anyways. And it's not even, um, I don't think it's any one artist as far as like, there's just not as many people going out, you know, anymore Yeah, to where it's just like all the shows, even the shows that were, used to be pretty big or now you know maybe maybe mediocre at best not yeah. the band but the uh, but the crowd i mean you know it's just not as many no, people no, yeah I hear you, I hear you. and i find like doing the little blues jams and some of those shows i'll get 10 or 15 people come out to see me and that helps because there's already people there so that's been really cool to do stuff like that so i mean but yeah trying to figure out how to get people to listen to the music and get a bigger presence you know like you're saying the scene is kind of thinned out and uh See, I mean, I think that I relied on that in a way. You know, I wouldn't have to have any content on the internet back in 2016, but I could get, you know, quite a few people to come to the shows because we're there's a lot more cohesiveness to like the community and and word of mouth and what was what was uh, going on that was cool and everybody kind of went to everybody's shows, you know. But I feel like that's kind of gone away. So now it's like I got to figure out how to draw on the community at large and. I think putting out regular content is, is uh, that's been my strategy. That's going to be my strategy for the next year too. So, so have you thought about um, doing the whole TikTok thing yet? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do TikTok. I always, I, I'm going to do YouTube. I've, I've, I like YouTube. Um, I've even considered getting rid of Facebook and Instagram, which uh, I'm just not posting. I haven't posted on there very much lately. Um. So yeah, YouTube's gonna be my thing. I'm not gonna do short form. I don't like short form content. I don't like uh, TikTok or whatever. China, China. Yeah. No, no I did, look. Just kidding. No, <laughs> but, I know. Uh, no, I know what you mean though. But it's like, and it's, I, I signed up for it. I tried messing around with it for like a couple of weeks, and it's just like, man, I don't know what to do with it. I don't. I don't. I, I don't have any idea what I'm supposed to do with it at all. But I don't have. But I'm not in a band. I don't have songs. You know. Um. I will kind of scroll through it. And like the other day I saw, um, I don't know, some band from somewhere. It wasn't a local band here, but it was like, if you like, and it had, it said, you know, 
it was all these different grunge bands, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice, da, 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 da. then you should check out this, and then it plays part of their song and shows part of their video. And I was like, I think that's interesting, and I think that's a good way to get, you know, little video clips like that is a good way to get your music out there to, you know, people who, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how the the YouTube algorithm works um, as far as like, I mean, you could put videos up there, but unless people are searching for your video, I don't know how much it shows. Well, I mean, I guess if if you're looking up certain types of videos, then maybe your video will show up with these other people, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you, you, know. you like this, you like this kind of music. You're looking up these kind of music videos. So here, have you looked, have you seen, because I have had some videos pop up where i'm like i don't know who that is why is it showing on, on my feed it's because i've been looking at other musical videos or whatever yeah yeah i mean i'm at a loss you know i really don't know if i were to do any if i'm going to invest any more time into any of these social media platforms it'll be like little youtube videos of me playing full songs you know mm-hmm. like, uh, my songs or covers but other than that you know the tiktok algorithm i hear it's different um but, uh, you know, this idea of feeding the algorithm, I'm just kind of over it. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't like seeing that much of myself. You know, I need to live in the present moment and move on with my life. You know, um, I think that my journey with social media has been awesome. <clears throat> but I've been on it since 2006 with Facebook, you know, and I deleted my social media in 2015 and then came back. And that's the page I have now. So it's like almost a decade of my life, you know, um, that that I can always constantly, that I'm kind of tying myself into this bubble too. I've noticed over the last few years also that, that I wasn't, you know, that I'm kind of pretending there's this, uh, let's like a big fake until you make it, you know, and then how do I look to others? And, and then when I'm not getting the responses that I want, it really affects how I felt. And then I'm talking 20 likes, you know, I'm not even talking about, I can imagine it if it were profitable, that the effort, and the emotional turmoil would be worth it, but it's just not, you know, I mean, I'm in the, my algorithm on Facebook pretty much has locked me into like the, the social group of the local forward scene, you know, the sure. music scene kind of. And, uh, and to be honest, you know, I don't think that I'm getting a lot of attention from or listens or streams, you know, like attention personally. Yeah. But not towards, not towards any of my music, you know? And so that's, so I know that much. That's what I do know about, the social media platforms that you know it's a it's not healthy for me to to be looking at myself that way and to compare myself to everyone um so that's why i like youtube also because there you know it is uh it can be less less personal you know it's just i can have a music page if i'm doing full videos then that's just a music page you know and then if i want to do something else i can make up a new name and have other kind of YouTube content, you know, that's sure. not so tied to like my personal identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. No, I mean, I watch more YouTube than I watch anything else. I don't hardly even watch TV anymore. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's YouTube videos and I, there's a couple of channels that I like to watch and I watch them and then I watch guitar videos and <laughs> fishing videos or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I, it's just, it's, I think it's a strange world that we're living in, but what you're able to do right right now is you're able to, doing what you're doing, you're able to keep steady work and, yeah, and yeah. make money and, and live as a working you know, musician. And 
and that's impressive. You don't have a job down at, at you know the the quick loop, you know, to make ends meet and doing. You're actually able to play music as a living, you know. Yeah, no, I I I, I think that's great. I, I mean, I'm super proud of myself, <laughs> you know. And uh, no, for sure, I, I'm living the dream in a way. You know, obviously, I have higher aspirations. You know, I've you know, I invested most, I invested a lot of the money that I've made playing, playing the live shows and stuff into those albums, you know, those cost probably like between four and 8,000 each or something, you know? So, mm-hmm. and that's a really good deal. And, uh, for what, and they sound really good. So, you know, at this point, I just think that for me, um, I'm happy to play these shows and happy to do that. But at the same time, the goal has always been to make, um, to make more money and to be more secure and, you know, as an artist, maybe get noticed and respected for something I had to say or an experience that I went through, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and if, you know, and, and, and figuring out how to make that happen is really hard. I think at this point, if it were 20 years ago, I might have some kind of like development deal. It doesn't mean that I'd be put on the radio or anything, but I've shown enough stamina and, um, wherewithal to to in talent and improvement to to garner some kind of development deal like a couple thousand bucks you know some kind of ar guy to help me out and you know whatever however that works but yeah. that stuff doesn't exist anymore you know until you have a million streams you're just nobody a million streams doesn't even pay so it's like if you back 20 years ago you want to get a song that'll get listened to a million times and then you're you're also a millionaire at that point right that's a platinum record if you sold a million copies of it right and nowadays, a million streams is between three and five thousand dollars. So, if you want to make a living off your streams and your radio or whatever, then you need fifty million streams a year. So, like, but I don't think people are trying to make. <clears throat> I mean, maybe the huge bands can make money off of it, but I, don't, I think most people, when they get to a certain amount of streams where you can make, you know, where you have millions of streams or whatever then you're able to tour and people are going to come see you play when they come see you play, then you can sell t-shirts and hoodies and all these kinds of stuff. And I think they make a lot of their money on merchandise sales and album sales, playing shows, you know, even on, even on a small level, even, you know, like those little festivals and stuff where you're just a side stage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's not what I wanted to do when I got into this. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So, that just might be where I'm at. It's like, okay, I've gotten this far and uh, still awesome, super grateful. But then I look around and it's like, oh, yeah, this isn't really what it, what I wanted. I wanted to be like Dean Dillon or Bob or Bob Dylan or Chris Christopherson, you know, like still do, you know I mean? But then even if I can be a songwriter like that, where other people are doing my songs, there's no money in royalties, you know? So then that just means that I'm looking at the next 20 years, you know, if I got some shitball deal to go on the road, you know, now I'm living out of a van again, I'm 40 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm trying to fucking wrangle some 20 year old band, some 20 year old band members around the country with me for a hundred or something in the nineties. You know what I mean? Sure. That's not, that's not in my card. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it does sound terrible, yeah. but that's, I guess a lot of people are doing that. And that's what a lot of the guys that made it out of here did, you know? So, I'm happy where I'm at. I love what I'm doing, you know, and I just, I got to figure out how to get a better audience with the content that I'm making. Cause if, if one of my songs that I put out gets popular, well then all of a sudden I don't have to play restaurants anymore. 
you know, I can do two or three shows a month and sell tickets for fifty dollars each. You know, two thousand tickets or something. Sure. Go to like four or five places around the state, and then you know, twenty places around the country a year. That's doable. You know, if people are coming and buying two thousand tickets, you know, so that's something to think about. But uh, you got to get that hit first. People got to be listening to what you're doing. You can't. I don't think I can make it to that level through the restaurants. The restaurants are great because I love music mm-hmm. and I like making money, but uh, I don't like having a boss. But I don't see the like the local gigs, even playing like a ticketed show at Lola's or The Post or Cicada. There's not going to be anybody in there that's going to, you know, give me a, a management deal or put me on the road, opening up for Turnpike Trooper Doors. You know, those connections are made by creating interest in your songs, you know, by having a fan base online. So. Yeah, it's got to be tough, man. Now, you might, could um, if, if you're playing at a fancy enough restaurant, maybe you're playing and there's some record people in town eating lunch going, hey, wait a second. Oh, yeah. No, that's <clears throat> always on my mind. <laughs> yeah, you never, I mean, I mean even at, some barbecue joints or catfish, you know, places or whatever. I mean, you never know who you're singing to. That that's for sure. You never know. Yeah, you never know. But, all right, man. Um, <clears throat> so when I opened up the show, I played um, the last track off "Disappearing Blues." Um, Hello to the light. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so that's the one we talked about last year. I thought so. I was, I was like, we talked about this one b- b- before. This isn't, um, um, but I think it's a good um, song to, to open the year up with. Yeah, that's the single that I put out at the beginning of last year from the album. And then the one I wanted to close with. So this is what I was going to tell you earlier. So I got, I got up this morning. I was like, okay, so I'm going to call Joe tonight. I want to listen to his um, this album again to kind of refresh it. And so I pull up my apple music i'm like oh there's a new it's it, i don't think it's new but it's at least it's new on on apple the <clears throat> the uh, what's it called fort worth sounds or sounds like fort worth sounds like fort worth yeah it's new i mean it's uh it's brand new it's okay so it is brand new yeah because like when you go yeah. on on Bandcamp and look at it it says it came out like in may or something yes yeah, so it's it's came out. Those two came out. I just put them out on Bandcamp to like soft release. You know, mm-hmm, like how mm-hmm, I've been okay. like, figuring out that I have like no, I have no real followers. Like maybe five that listen to it. So that was good information. It's like put it out on Bandcamp. Tell everybody that I put it out on Bandcamp, and then see those metrics right mm-hmm. away instead of releasing it on on one you know hundred platforms and trying to. F- get the information from each little uh, login to my artist, you know, login site app to, and then sure, try to figure sense. out what's yeah. You know what I mean? Cause there is a, <clears throat> cause you know, Bandcamp doesn't have like a, an algorithm as far as I know. It's like, if you want to listen to something on Bandcamp, you go look it up and you listen to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a bit of streaming going on. I don't know. I, I think it's just like through, ta- I always go through tags. So like whatever, like whenever a band has tags below it, they'll like you know, yeah. and so they always put Fort, Fort, Fort Worth in there, and so I'll hit that, and then it'll take me to other Fort Worth bands that put that tag in there. You know, that's the yeah. only way I, that I've been able to, because you can't search just the city. 
you know, you have to go through yeah. the tags or whatever. And so I think that maybe people may use that too as well for like blues rock or psychedelic or avant-garde or whatever. They'll use those tags, surf rock, yeah. you know, and see what other surf rock bands are out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's, that's how I, I like band camp. It's kind of a place that I can keep everything and not have to, you know, it's not as like pre, uh, prominent as putting it through a distribution company, you know, or whatever. Um, I don't make any money on Bandcamp or anything, but people buy stuff so, so I can make money. But yeah, I mean, I was just working. I'd worked so much in the last few years that I did those, you know, I did four, four projects and, and I didn't know how to get them out. I have some expectations of like maybe meeting management through some of the contacts and some of the people that I worked on those albums with, but none of those things happened, you know? So then I'm sitting here with, you know, all these songs and I'm really proud of them. And then uh, what do I do with them? You know, I can keep them and keep thinking, oh, when these come out, I'm going to be super famous. This is going to happen. I'm going to get rich, you know, or I can put them out and see what happens, mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of streamed them out. I tried to do that walk last two years ago and really singles while I was walking and created tension <clears throat> around doing the walk and hoping that tension would go to the music and sharing the music with everybody I met on the walk around the world, you know, um, those strategies haven't really paid off, you know? So, then I have those sounds like Fort Worth and the Disappearing Blues both ready to go. And, you know, so I just put them on Bandcamp to see how many people were actually listening that I personally invited to listen or that uh, wasn't like super checking up on anyone individually, but like how many people are checking this out? That's the, that's the question. Mm -hmm. you know? And then, uh, yeah, but then I do want to put it out at um, on the larger platforms and maybe the algorithm will do something and maybe you know, having them available is, is part of what needs to happen for me, you know? So that's why they're out there. And now I don't have any content to release. I'm, you know, I'm finishing up another album with Taylor, but I still got to master it. So I do have something to release in 2024, but I'm not like sitting on a bunch of stuff and artistically that feels good. Oh that, yeah. Good. You kind of got it all out. Yeah. And I was happy to see it. I was like, Oh, here's another one. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't think I've heard this one. So Took, I took my dog for a walk and and started playing it. Um, and the the first the first song ain't nobody's business. Um, dude, it's so great. It's like I love it so much. You know, it's like and you're really, oh, I huh? I said thank you. Thank oh you. yeah, yeah. No, but because uh, you the the only way that you can do that song is to have no fear and to just belt it out. And that's what you do. You're just like, come on, you know. You you you, you can't be scared to sing that song. <clears throat> and I think you do really well. And I think the guitar in it is fantastic. I don't know who's playing the guitar. Um, yes, yeah, on summer. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's great. It's, it's like the blues guitar, and that is is fantastic. And it just go, but the whole album was, you know, I really had fun seeing. And I didn't. I was like, I think this is a cover album. I didn't recognize some of the songs, but I did recognize like when you got to the freshman. I was like, okay, I know this is a cover song. And then, um, but then I know you had the. Um, the boat club uh road on there but that's not a cover song that's your song yeah so the first half up till freshman are covers and the second half are original so. okay all right so it's like, yeah and then sounds like fort worth because they're all kind of played in the, the, the fort worth sound style. style yeah what i like what sounds like when you go to a fort worth bar and hear hear a band you know i man i i like it you know I, I like a lot of the guitar work in it and it does feel very um local as far as like it, it does sound like here um 
We played it live you know, at, at uh, Fort Worth Sound, and then we added some of the stuff in later. Like the drums got added in later, and all the percussion got added in after the fact. Wild. And uh, but Matthew Bros plays lead guitar on uh, the Freshman and on Country Heroes. Yeah. And Taylor plays lead guitar on, on with Tone on White House Road, and on and he plays on my song Man Unnamed. <clears throat> but it was a cool experience to make that album too. And, uh, you know, I paid for all the licensing and stuff. So that was a cool process on my end to get the licensing for all those covers mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, do it legally. So, you know, and again, the hope is that that kind of stuff might have somebody look my way and then they can go through my catalog and find something they like of mine, you know. And the big bonus with everything, if everything works out for me and I get a hit, it's all mine. Like the money's all mine the rights to the songs are all mine you know uh at this point i'm really glad that really glad that i don't owe anybody any money you know yeah (laughs) being free from that yeah so i mean if anything nothing happens i've broke even you know (laughs) well and and you had a really good time doing it yeah yeah and i like that yeah for sure i love making music i can't wait to make more albums and figure out how to make uh you know, how to keep making better ones. I'm excited for the, this next one that's coming out. Well, I'm excited to hear it, man. I really, um, like I said, I was, I've been enjoying over the last a couple of months um, listening to the Disappearing Blues. And uh, I was really happy today to, re- to find out that there was a, you know, another one out there. I was like, oh, all right, man. Happy New Year. So, hey, thanks, yeah, man. I think it's a fun record, you know. Um, I think it's real fun. Like I said, they're, they're different from each other, um, but I think they're similar in a way to where it's they're both a little different than what you normally do. Well, I mean, I guess the because you don't normally do, I do covers, but like you know, that one sounds like you, but uh, I don't know. I I think they both go well together because I've been listening to them back to back to, to, today. You know, let's go on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm really proud of them. I th- I'm happy that you like them because uh, I think they sound good. And everyone that worked on them worked really hard, you know, to make it happen. So, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I like listening to them too, and I agree with you. Yeah, they're different. Uh, taking a little bit more risk. I was trying to showcase more what I do at my live shows too. With sounds like Fort Worth, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I play a little blues. I play some alternative. I play some covers. I do this and that. You know, I got the low voice. I got the medium voice you know then i've got some originals i got some dark stuff i've got some really lightweight stuff too you know so um trying to showcase that stuff more i think that's cool and and i think that um like i said i think that people will because i do anyways i'll look up songs um on apple music you know like i'll i'll think of a song like oh yeah i want to hear this and then i'll when when, when i look it up i'll see like four or five different versions of it i'm like oh and sometimes you know i'm like okay i kind of want to check out these different versions of this song you you know well just because it was in in my head like say like let's say i look up you know i love a rainy night by eddie rabbit you know but then there's other bands that are covering i love a rainy night it's like i may check out those other bands just to see what they did with it because i like that song and it'd be kind of cool to hear somebody else hear their take on it yeah so i think putting some no, yeah. uh, some covers out, out there could definitely bring some more attention to you yeah i mean uh i did the cover turn the page and uh self-esteem <clears throat> the yeah offspring, and 
uh, you know, those those get listened to a lot. You know, my my streams are great. You know, exponentially, everything looks wonderful. It's just not as far along as to, for me to feel super enthusiastic about it, you know, but like I'm doing, you know, 100 or 200 streams a week on each platform. So uh, are on the major one, Spotify and iTunes, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that's cool. You know, I can't, I'd say, you know, it's about five or 600 bucks a year and uh, that's great. I mean, I, and, and take it back to 2016 when I put my first release out, you know, I was getting maybe, one to ten streams a week you know what i mean so um the equation looks great everything everything looks great uh, so it's just like waiting for the opportunity to strike you know waiting for something to go viral or some yeah some maven to to find a song that they like and, and tell their people about it you know yeah or end up in a tv or get show yeah, get picked up for a show, you know, um, all these things. And I think I put myself in the right position by making quality content, paying the right paying the right uh, people and, and not trying to just skimp on that, do home, doing home studio stuff and working with less experienced producers, you know. Uh, so don't put in the work. And uh, I'm glad you like the albums, man. I'm glad you took some time to check them out. Yeah, no, I do like them. I think they're... I think they're, I mean, I like, and it's that's one thing that's that's been fun. I mean, from a fan, from a friend, you know, from someone who does a podcast, you know, I've done it long enough now, and I've seen enough folks and watched them just grow and evolve and you know do their thing, and it's been super cool for me to like watch like you or even like you know. Denver, you know, has been doing it, you know, for a long time now, you know, and there's a few bands out there that just keep on, you know, just putting out quality stuff and it seems like it gets better, you know, every time. And I look forward to, um, you know, I I look forward to not only your new stuff, but other people's new stuff as well, uh, because I don't listen to a lot of mainstream music anymore, so I don't really know when the new... I don't know, whatever white stripes record is coming out or whatever. I don't, you know, Foo fighters or whatever. I don't know. I just, I don't, you know, I have no idea. I can't even think of a relevant current band to even say, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I yeah. do get excited whenever I turn on my phone and it's like, Oh look, there's a new Joe Savage record. Oh look, Jacob Fur just did something or, you know, I mean, motor scooters got a new song or, you know, it, that's my, you know, <laughs> that's what I used to do when I was younger. We only, now it's, it's all local stuff in there. And um, it's cool that I get to talk to all these people that make this music and ask them about it and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so I like it. If you do go viral and get big and all of a sudden, you know, you are on some kind of tour opening up for the Turnpike Troubadours or whatever, you know, it's like when the first of the year comes around, I'm still going to call you. Yeah. Man, I ain't got time to talk to you, Jeff. I'm hanging out with Leon. all right well you know and and i i you know i hope that you know i just hope that uh all this work we've all done together will pay off for everybody you know like uh, something i i really think about a lot is that maybe my little axis my little graphs will cross at a point where i'm going viral but still playing restaurants and so you know my gigs at fort brewery or or you know these places that i play all the time a loft hotel are suddenly standing room only you know it's like the the craziest night they've ever had yeah you know? yeah we don't get to see that a lot with our acts here you get to see them when they're playing in 
places for one person and then, mm-hmm. then they're on TV and you never see them again, you know, Yeah. which I think is unfortunate and kind of crazy. So maybe for me, it'll work out that I just go viral and then nobody, I still don't have any kind of management. I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing. And then I go to my little restaurant gig and there's all these people there. Like, to Why is everybody here tonight? And you're like, I'm here to see you, man. What? <laughs> me? What? I'm trying to be like, conspicuous. Yeah. Why are you playing covers, motherfucker? Play your songs. <laughs> like, oh shit, you know. So, and then I think through that, like all these podcasts we've done, it's like if people want to get to know me, if I, you know, do go viral or something, there's a lot out there. You know, I've done a podcast with you every year for a while or almost every year, and you know, I've got a lot of stuff written about me in the local scene. You know, so there's a lot of stuff there that shows that people have been supporting me for a long time, and uh, there's just no denying that you know there's a good community here, and um. I hope to see a lot of the people who haven't risen up, you know, a rising tide floats all boats, sure. supposedly, or, or yeah. we're all too holy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, now, I've, uh, I've always hoped. I mean, look, I know that me doing a podcast on local music in, you know, just in this one town isn't going to get a national audience or a worldwide audience. <clears throat> I can't imagine why somebody in Memphis would be like, yeah, I'm listening to the Funky Town podcast. You're listening to that show? They got some great bands in Fort Worth. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but it would be cool if they did, you know, and it would be really cool if, you know, like, you know, like there's a, I got a podcast with Leon out there and it doesn't really, it doesn't have like thousands and thousands and thousands of listens. So people aren't really searching out old podcasts for him or whatever, you know, but it would be cool if, you know, somebody became big enough to where it's like they started looking at my show and going, wait, yeah, this guy's had on this person. And it's like, all of a sudden I always wanted this town to become like, like Seattle was where it's like a bunch of different bands oh, yeah. can, can come out of here and they're like, Oh, look at this podcast here interviewed like all those bands before they were big, you know? And then all of a sudden yeah. my podcast becomes like part of a documentary or something. Oh yeah. I think a lot of us had that in mind. You know? I yeah. mean, that's, that's definitely, you know, there was a really special, special time there from like the rec room, the black dog days up all the way through kind of right before COVID. You yeah. know I mean? Um, those were a special time for the Fort Worth local scene and all the all the people that came out of that. I mean, like even maybe a little bit pre the '90s with the Toadies and all that. And, and uh, for sure, yeah. Know. So it's just a uh, yeah. I mean, there's something here that's like been continuous for like 20 or 30 years, and I'm glad that I was a little part of it. You know, it's like um, being able, to, yeah, being able to make my living as a musician. And then, yeah, dreaming that I'm going to be part of something like that. Either if it's like, you know, I used to watch uh, the Cellar documentary and Randy Cates, this bass player that I used to hire, who's passed away now, but uh, he, he was in there talking about, you know, being at the Cellar and what it was. And I was like, man, it's going to be cool if I can make a documentary. Like, or somebody interviews me for their documentary about, you know, the the local forward scene mm-hmm. and, and all the cool stuff that had happened, you know, it'd be cool to to talk about that or whatever you know so yeah man i, I mean I, I agree with that vision I, I see that too and yeah and maybe it's still on the books you know i mean you never know we just gotta keep the little fire burning even if it's starting to go out just kind of keep those embers going and you know we can build it back up again yeah even if it goes out we can reignite it somehow you know because they, well, they had the well, teen scene well, in the 60s so where there was a, a huge rock and roll revolution here with all the teenagers and high school playing shows and stuff through like the late sixties and stuff, like when the Beatles became big and everything, you know, and it was real big here. I mean, music has always been in the city. 
Yeah. There's something funky about Florida, though. It's just not, you know, it's not considered a tier one market. But, you know, they're doing the right things, like with Dickie's Arena and Tulips. And, you know, got some clubs that are a little bit bigger, um, trying to bring some major acts in. But, you know, Dallas is just so close that Dallas always gets that kind of attention as being yeah. like the hub of arts and things like that. And, you know, funky, just a little funky over here, you know. Yeah. But it's cool. Like we have the library involved, you know, and, and, uh, uh, with what they do, I can't think of the name now. You know, what I'm talking about the Amplify, the Amplify A one seven. You know, they're all in, in, involved, which a lot of cities don't. I don't think you know do, do that. And we have here Fort Worth. We got a lot of really cool stuff. You know, going even like the Tana Hills thing that's going on now. And they're trying to get more. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, so we'll yeah, see. no, a lot of cool stuff happening, man. You know, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited to see what comes. You know, I mean, maybe. Maybe we haven't seen <clears throat> the biggest star to come out of Fort Worth yet. You know, I mean, who knows? There's, but there are so many of them already, and uh, I think that's really cool. Or the greater DFW area, especially. Yeah, no, I mean, I see a lot of bands where it's like, I, look, I know that most bands aren't going to be, you know, Bob Dylan or the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, but there's so many more bands than those bands or whatever. To where it's like. I, there's so many bands that that, that I see that I'm like there's no reason that these songs shouldn't be on radio, national, worldwide, you know, radio, doing, you know, playing shows, and you know, maybe you're not, you know, doing arenas with you know like two hundred thousand folks or whatever, but I mean, playing in front of five, six thousand people, ten thousand people, this, some of these bands in town are better than some of the songs that I hear on the radio and some of the touring bands. I'm like, yeah. you know, you know, I think that part of the problem is that that um like vertical integration you know this kind of like monopoly of the market and and the, those the, that level isn't profitable you know or isn't as profitable it's not that it is it is profitable i mean people could you're right i think that you know plenty of people there could be promoters and maybe management companies that focus just on you know the 500 to 2000 seats and then you know, 2,500 to 5,000 seat venues and then maybe up to 10,000 seats, you know, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in that market. But when you talk about, you know, doing arenas where the pit, every seat in the pit is a $4,000 ticket or whatever it is, you know, and then all the other tickets are $400 and the, and the goal and the, the kind of ideology and vision statement is, you know, this is a once in a lifetime experience for our client you know, for our customer, that's really what the market wants that you go see your favorite artist once in your lifetime and you pay the maximum price to do that. And you're satisfied with it. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not something that you do all the time. You don't go, you know, you don't go to Diggy's arena to see every act that comes through. And then, so that just makes all these other places obsolete. It's not worth it to have a place like tulips, you know, I mean, I don't know. I hope they're doing well, but, you know that that's an independently owned place, but there's not like a large network of like with like Live Nation. You know, I know that Tim Love is trying to work with Live Nation at Tannehill. You know, mm-hmm. um, but is that going to work? I mean, I guess time will tell. You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert or you know, but that's a smaller club. You know, and, and I know that you make more money on the arenas and the big clubs. I mean, fifty twenty thousand tickets is way better than five thousand tickets. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, you're probably yeah. right because I I'm getting. <laughs> I'm too old to even be in their market anymore. You know, I'm not their target group. Um, but cause I'm, cause I'm like, look, I'm not paying. I just, there's bands that 
I, that I want to see that I'm like, I'm not paying $300 to yeah. go see a band play. It is like, I'm, I'm yeah. just, yeah, I don't care how great they are. You know, I just, I'm, <laughs> I don't have that money, you know, Same. but and what I want to tell people, and, and it's like maybe just because young people don't care about this, but I'm like, but you can go, you know, and I've said this a ton, you can you can go down the, the street, see a local band, and if you like them, you can go to Spotify and download their album, get to know their album, go see them again, probably six weeks later, maybe a month later, maybe two weeks later, you know, and you'll know some of the songs and be like, oh, you know what I mean? And you can go up to them and say, man, I really like this song. You can talk to them about their music. You can have this yeah. experience that you're never going to have with Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, I think that and so I would rather pay the $15, you know, and go see whoever play in town, you know, because I like their record and because I like their other songs and go up to them afterwards and be like, man, it was so cool that you played this song. It's my favorite song on, on the record and you guys played it, you know. Yeah. That's way more valuable to me than, you know, any of that other, you know. No, me too. And, and you know, for, from my artist perspective, the main battle that I have uh, going on right now all the time is trying to cater to the people of one or two or five or ten people that came to see me, you know, and then at the same time keep the staff and the regular patrons all happy and at the same time block out the fact that all those other people who didn't come to see me are fucking talking. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so it's hard to provide a really intimate experience uh -huh. with the one or two people that did come to see me, you know, and I think you're hit, what you're hitting on there I mean, is that's my battle. It's like I, there isn't really a spot for me to go. You know, I've been to some of the shows that, you know, played shows at Lola's and some of the venues, you know, poster these places and they're great. But the community also doesn't respond well. I mean, we're not we're culturally we don't sit quietly anymore as people, you know, and, you know, I, I know there are shows at the post that are very quiet and that is a very nice listening room. And there have been some shows like Forest Live and, and even back in the day at Grotto and Cellar and things like that, you could get that listening room environment every so often. Yeah, but it's rare. But I find that it's more and more rare too, because culturally we just don't have that attention span to sit quietly and agree communally that we're going to sit in this room together and be quiet. We're also estranged from each other, it seems. And, you know, I feel it in my personal life, just being drawn back into my phone, back into some kind of like uh, imagined phantom appointment, you know, that uh, I have to get to or some imagined uh, task that I need to take care of. And, and that and I remember just, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when I would go out somewhere, you you'd go out, you meet up with your buddies or you meet up with a group of people you're going to do an activity with. And you've committed to that activity for the evening, mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of accidentally give your full attention. I mean, you may daydream or have side conversations, but uh, I find I have a hard time giving my full attention and full commitment to, to anything like that anymore. And I was, and since I'm conscious of it, I make an effort to be better at it, but I think there's a lot of people that aren't even conscious of it. And so collectively it's hard to go to a room and listen to somebody and, and, unless you have some in, uh, vested interest, you know, and a lot of that comes from the social media cloud. It's like, I'm going to go see this person because they have a hundred thousand followers or they have a hundred million followers. And, uh, and right. now I'm vested in capturing this and being a part of this because it socially, I paid $4,000 for this table and now I can, I can screen, put that on all my screens and then my social network knows who I am. And so then right. I'll sit quietly 
some of that. But even then, you don't even sit quietly. Maybe sometimes you buy the big tape when you're an asshole. Right. No, they just want to take pictures <laughs> of, of themselves there so they can say they were there, but they don't really have any desire to watch what's happening, what's going on around them. I think it's a cultural phenomena, you know, that we're, that hasn't quite ironed itself out. Um, you know, maybe the arts will suffer for a, a little bit or, 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 you know, I also have to always take into consideration that me personally, maybe I'm not relevant. Maybe I don't have my finger on the pulse and maybe what I do is enjoyable to me, but, but it's not capturing the attention of the masses or the public, you know, that maybe these critiques are all kind of ways that I can continue to follow in this dream, you know, rather than, than be logical and rational about, the fact that what I'm writing about isn't grasping anyone, you know, so that's another layer of that battle. Sure. You know I mean? And I think that it, that's, that has to be a struggle for some people. I, I don't know if it's a struggle for you, for you or not, but to be like, okay, either I can do my art for me and I'm just going to be 100% honest. And this is me. And if nobody likes it, that's fine. The joy is strictly my, you know, expression of myself or, you know, I want to do this, but I want people to like it. So people like this kind of thing. So I'm going to try to make this kind of thing, or I'm going to try to do this kind of thing because this is what people are into. You know what I mean? Um, trying oh, yeah. to go the route where people is like, I know there's a crowd of people who like this kind of music. So I'm going to go into that kind of music instead of something weird or odd or, you know, that maybe only a few people, a really niche thing, you know, <clears throat> yeah, no, I completely understand what you're saying. For for me, you know, um, music has provided me with a, uh, you know, just a great path towards a little bit of stability. Which, you know, all my desires for the arts were all mixed up in, you know, f desires for stability, wealth, admiration, respect, um, you know, and. Now that I have a couple of those things, like I bought this place, I don't have bills, you know, I'm not living up to the means that I would like to be. I would like to have nicer things, but I don't have a landlord and I'm not paying rent or mortgage anymore. This is the first year that that hasn't been, have, have, I haven't had to do that. Yeah, that's and that's awesome. all thanks to, that's all thanks to music, you know, and I can't be more grateful for that. But in, and on the other side of that coin is that it's, it's, it can stamp out some of that motivation. It's like, so why am I doing this? You know, what, what is, why am, why do I pursue art? Is it for enjoyment or has it always been because of these external pressures? And then now eliminating just one of those external pressures, even though it was a quite strenuous one, you know, now I have a place to live. So I equate that with stability. You know, I, I have a stable place to to start every day and the place that I can't really lose, you know, no matter what happens. And so now a lot of that external pressure has been, been taken away. Mm -hmm. And so now I can make better decisions for myself. And so now reevaluating why I do art, is it because what am I, what am I being pushed for? I'm not having that external motivation press so hard on me anymore. So, um, now the desire for fame and riches has also diminished. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is cool. What can I do from here now? Do I really need art as a vehicle to take me to my next place? Or was art just a nice vehicle to get me here? Because in, in, the, in the bounds of being an artist, there's a lot that I can ignore about who I am and about what 
about my situation and circumstances in life, you know, but now that I have a little bit of stability, it's afforded me a lot of opportunity this year to look at who I am and, and evaluate some of the decisions that I've made, you know, and then as an artist, you don't have to do that. You can say, well, I made that decision because of my art, you know, because I'm unwilling to compromise my vision. <clears throat> but maybe but maybe it's because you you know for me i know that it was because i was unwilling to really take a look at myself you know so um to say that i'm excited about what's to come with that kind of thinking would be an understatement but at the same time <clears throat> yeah a lot of reevaluation. and i love playing guitar and i love singing there's like an intrinsic value in that too that goes beyond like rational understanding for me so i think it'll always be part of my life but yeah i don't know I'm less uh, concerned with controlling it, I guess. You know, I want to see what I put the effort into the music, into the projects, and into the albums. So my duty is done. I don't, I've done my part. I made the art. So now that I, if I don't have some extrinsic need to control every step of that so that I make sure I pay my rent on time so I'm not in the fucking street or something so I don't lose all my equipment. You know, now I can just kind of sit back and be like, all right, that's out there. Let me see what happens organically. I'm not going to do anything. I made the art. If the art's worthy, then the ether will carry it. I believe in that. You know, I believe that things that are worthy and of interest to people, you'll find them. So if my art is that way, then then it'll make it there. But I'm not so invested in controlling it, I guess, because, yeah, I don't know, because it, it brought me to a, a point of stability. So um, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of long-winded. No, man, I think that's amazing. I think that's a, a really good, I think it's a great outlook. And uh, um, I just, no, I think that was beautifully said. I think that's awesome. And I think that's, uh, that's it's, uh, it's uplifting. It's, it, it's just positive and um, I, I, it resonates. I, I don't know. I'm trying to say that it resonates with me is basically what I'm trying. I couldn't find the word that I wanted to say, but that's what I was trying to say. That, well, they yeah yeah thanks well and, and what you're saying about like choosing to you know doing things so for me it's like at the beginning i was just trying to have this kind of uh, a mask of an artist you know everything i do is for the art so all the decisions i make are for art and then once i started making a little bit of money and realized that i could make money on art undefined then the pressure to to figure out what people wanted became stronger, but also more rewarding, you know? So, like, I feel like my trajectory was one of, like, starting out, I'm only playing originals, that's who I am, even if it's falling for 250 a week, that's all I'm going to do, to 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 growing into something where it's like, okay, now I'm dressing just like a cowboy, uh, I'm singing all the door okay. straight songs, you know, and then, but I'm making the you know 700 a day or something that six flash contract was crazy 700 a day so that that's a far cry from 250 a week and but then with just a little bit more money that that 700 a day or that year that i made good money and you know paid taxes on stuff you know i bought something and then i started to find that compromise in the last year or two it's like okay so i can do a little bit of that but i don't have to go full-blown you know, faker, hack, I can do, you know, I can find a, a medium and probably make more money. And I think that that's what's happening to me right now as a, as a local performer and as an artist is I'm finding a better vision of who I am. I'm playing less, but I'm making more each time I play. So that's good. That's a good thing. And if suddenly next year I'm playing six nights a week again, 
well, I think that the pay will be have has been raised on all the on all those gigs, you know. But right now I'm playing two to four times a week instead of six, but my pay is not suffering that much, you know. But I think it's because I'm not hacking it up, wearing the fake, doing the fake parts of me. I'm trying to be myself, and then also bring in stuff that people like. I want to make people happy while I'm there. That's what music does for people. So if I can find that where I can be myself and provide a service, you know. That, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. You no, know what I mean? no, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, that's what I would want to be. You know, I'd want to be more of myself than a character. But man, it's like there's like that. So like um, Larry the Cable Guy, <clears throat> you know, is not is not Larry the Cable Guy. That's just a bit. That he, right. he was like a radio guy, and he would do like bits, and that was like one of the bits. And that bit basically before things went viral went. You know, viral. And he would also do stand up, but every time he would go, everybody's like, you know, get her done or whatever. They would do that thing, and he's like, okay, oh, so, yeah, yeah. so he's like, that's what they want. So he started to do it more and more, and the more and more he did it, the more and more people came, and the people started paying attention right. to him. And it's like, okay, I got to be this guy. So he becomes Larry the Cable Guy, and then he becomes right up there with all the other country comics, with Jeff Foxworthy and Ron White and all those guys, and. Disney movies or whatever cars, Pixar, whatever it is, you know, I mean, he's a household name and that's not, and it's like, I, man, <laughs> good for him. I say, you know, if, you know, yeah. he found, you know, that it was just a, and he doesn't have to be him all the time. He just has to be him, you know, whenever he has to be him. But most of the time, like I heard an interview with him, whether he was being himself and he talked about, yeah. you know, the whole area of the thing, cause that's not who he is. That's just what he does for money, you know, that's, his... yeah. And, and, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think know? so. I mean, Alice Cooper isn't Alice Cooper. You know, he's, I mean, he's not that guy all, all the time. The problem is, is whenever you buy into it, like a Jim Morrison or whatever, and you're that all the time and you end up killing yourself at 27, you know, because yeah. you can't be Jim Morrison 24 seven. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that from experience too. I can't be what I was being in my twenties or in the early, you know, my West Side songwriter days. You know, that was a lot of drinking and staying up all night and no money and not taking care of any, ourselves. You know, or me, I wouldn't take care of myself. You know, so um, I couldn't imagine if I accidentally made it famous with that identity. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear what you say. Yeah, you can't. That stuff's not sustainable. So yeah, I think that. Yeah, I'm grateful that music's brought me to where it has, you know, that it hadn't taken me on some kind of crazy darker foot, darker road, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, man, I think it's it's awesome that you know, uh that you write songs, you make music, you have records, you play shows, you make money from it, enough so to where you're able to buy a little piece of land close to the lake, you know, and you got a little pre- it's it, it's all yours, you know, and I think that's that's incredible. I, t- to me, that's a yeah, success story. Yeah. You know, I that mean, was a dream. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Me too. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So, well, brother, man, it's been fun. Yeah. You got it. Um. So, when you come out with something in the new year, let 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 me know. You know, maybe you can come on in a few months. So, I mean, we we don't have to do it once a year, but I definitely do want to do it the first of the year. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, if we do it again in the middle of the year, that's cool. I always appreciate hanging out on the podcast with you. Yeah, man. And then 
as I'm getting better, maybe I'll come out one day and we can sit there and play guitar together. Come on out, man. I'll yeah, show you some, is great. Yeah, actually, some hot licks that Denver's teaching me. Yeah, yeah, Denver's badass, man. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's fun, man. It's a, it, it's really cool and it's really patient. I didn't know, you know, I kind of told him what I wanted to do, which is kind of just I want to play like a finger picking country blues ragtime type stuff. Yeah. You know, and so, but he's like, okay, but he's starting me off with like, you know, how to build chords and how to do scales, and because I'm going to need all that to be able to play those melodies and stuff. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been fun, but it's been pretty theory intensive. But I'm, but I'm getting better. I know how to play, you know, more scales and more positions. I know how to play more chords, and and so, um, yeah, I'm not good at it yet, but I, I'm understanding it and being able to do it, and so. No, that's worth it. Well, I remember you you came out and played my showcase once, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I played. So, yeah, you, yeah, you already got some skills. But yeah, the theory is going to take you pretty far if you get that stuff down. Yeah, saying I know, you know, I know lots of chords, um, and so it's just being able to do melodies and connect the chords with melodies and bass lines and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that kind of stuff. You know, I want to be able to do that, and it's 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 hard. But I think that you know, by actually taking lessons and learning how everything works and how it goes together. Plus, like you said, you got to play a lot. And even though I want to practice all the time, by actually having lessons, it's like I want to practice because I don't want to go. I didn't do anything over the whole week. You know what I mean? I don't want to practice once a week with. With you gotta like carve out the time. It's hard, man. Yeah, and so, but just a little bit here and there, man. I gotta. I work from home now. Oh yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Just yeah, congratulations. So I sit here and I got a couple of uh, screens and I got a phone and so people call in or whatever. But I don't get a whole lot of calls, but I get a few and I gotta pay attention to stuff. But I have my guitar sitting right here, so I can kind of pick it up and fiddle with it for two or three minutes and put it down and pick it up and fiddle with it for two or three minutes and put it down. You know, hey, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So that. So so that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I love hearing that. That's great. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, like I said, it was fun. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, man. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate you. Yeah, and I'm going to try to come out and see you soon. You're always playing around somewhere. And so, yeah, I got my calendar posted, joefnsavage.com. Joefnsavage.com. Cool. And then they can find your stuff, like I said, at Bandcamp and Spotify and. Yeah, all the links are right there on the website too. If you just want to go there and find them, or yeah, you can just search me. Yeah, I'll post if you search me in Google. There's still like three other Joe Savages, two of which are dead. <laughs> so see, you're the winner. <laughs> Last man standing. There's, still, <laughs> there's still one more, man, though, and oh, okay. another guy. Then I think there's a young one now that's come up. He's oh, newer. No. So you need to write yeah, a, so. you need to write a song about like. <laughs> getting rid of the other well, Joe the Savages. Real, the real Joe Savage, please send them. Kind of, but I'm more like I was, and I, I get it. But I'm thinking more like a, like you get some kind of power if you're the only Joe Savage, and so you have to like <laughs> kill these other two Joe Savages, and like a whole song about how that's going to happen. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, for now, just go to my website, Staff of Google. Yeah, Joe <laughs> F and Savage. That's F. Yes, sir. N is in Foxtrot November. Had some Foxtrot November. I really, yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah, close man. out the show with that. Um, ain't nobody's business. To so oh hell can, yeah, dude! So everybody can hey, hear man. you. That, that's a good song. That's a great song. Appreciate it. I hope that gets some attention. Yeah, Tony and I put some work into that. Tony's a great player. 
Oh yeah, no man, the guitar is great, but but your vocals are are just as well with it too. Because at first I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I man. When I first hit play, because I I didn't know, you know that um, that you had a new. I was gonna go there and listen to the the Disappearing Blues album. Then I saw this new, and I was like, oh. And so I hit play, and then it, it starts off. And I'm like, wait a second, did I hit the wrong album? <laughs> I was like, is this, this isn't Joe Savage? Hold on, let me look at it. No, this says Fort Worth songs. There's not another Joe Savage with an album called Fort Worth songs. This is Joe Savage, and I was like, oh, I can hear. It. And, and then I could, and then I could kind of hear it, but it just it really threw me off when you're just like, you know, nobody's just coming with it. You know, I was like, yeah. It was awesome, yeah. you know. But yeah, for a second there, I was I had to question. I was like, "Is that is that the Joe Savage I know? Is that some different Joe Savage? One of the other, the younger Joe Savage?" <laughs> well, good. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, there's another Joe Savage also in the blues, and he spells his name Joe S A V I D G E. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah, that's a new one I just found recently. So, you know, <laughs> Savage. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Man, thanks for the compliments, brother. I appreciate you checking out some Yeah, man. No, it's always fun. I like talking to you. So, yeah. um, all right, brother. Well, I'm, I'm you, man. I will talk to you hopefully soon. Okay, bro. All right, man. Take thanks. it easy. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Clothes and disappear in that great big old ocean, baby. Handy. 